I am Plant on the Line in Vancouver, British Columbia at thecommentary.ca. Having its uh, television debut today is a new documentary, Overtime. It follows Vancouver's Kelly Lee Gilmore, a 60-year-old mother, wife, doctor, university professor, and hockey player. Hockey is more than a hobby. It's been a passion taking her to the uh, Canada 55-plus games as she competes nationally. The filmmaker Jenny Lee Gilmore, her daughter, chronicles her mother's journey and explores what it's like to be a Chinese-Canadian woman playing hockey. The relationship of mother and daughter is also examined and makes for a moving, thoughtful, loving film. Jenny joins me now, and I'll ask her about her mom making the movie and what it was like to examine the parallels in their lives. Jenny Lee Gilmore is a British-born Chinese-Canadian actor and filmmaker based here in Vancouver. She completed her BFA in film production at the University of British Columbia. Her debut short film, Breakaway, was a critical hit and played at film festivals across North America. The film is available worldwide at watch.telusoriginals.com and on Telus Optic TV Channel 8. The film was written and directed by Jenny Lee Gilmore, who joined me from here in Vancouver last week. Please uh, welcome to the Plant Online Program, Jenny Lee Gilmore. Ms. Lee Gilmore, good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining us. Um, You know, when I saw your film uh, this weekend... I realized that I'd seen your mother before. I guess she'd appeared in a uh, film that the Canucks had done, a short piece on YouTube, I guess, or on their website. Yes, you have a good memory. She was um, their Lunar New Year profile. They did a profile on her, and they invited her to uh, crank the siren before Mm. the Lunar New Year game. Um, Yeah. She's she's such a, a, a compelling character, and I can't see why you wouldn't think of her as a subject of a film. I, I guess she didn't see herself as a subject in a, in a movie one day, right? She didn't. I mean, she was very surprised when I asked her that I wanted her to be the subject of my film, and she wasn't sure people would find her interesting or engaging. Such a interesting story, and she yeah. is great on camera as well, even though she doesn't think so sometimes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, for me, it was an obvious subject and story to tell. Yeah, she's she's so so great to watch because she she wears her heart on her sleeve, and you can see how important family is to her, and and and, and obviously hockey as well. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up in as she did in Vancouver in the nineteen seventies, I guess I guess hockey was not um, something that um, she was expected to be interested in. Is that right? That's correct. She grew up in the nineteen seventies in East Vancouver. And her family didn't have a lot of money as well. So hockey on TV, it was a lot of um, men, Caucasian Uh men. And then um, to play, it was also super expensive. So it wasn't really accessible to her. um, And not a lot of young Chinese-Canadian girls played. So she had this love for the sport and never really got the chance to play until she was 18 and could pay for it herself. And, And was that here in Vancouver or was that in England? That was here in Vancouver. I see. Yeah, she started yeah. to play um, in Vancouver. And and her parents, I mean, what was their reaction to, to, to her wanting to play hockey? I think um, she talked a bit uh, about it in the film, but I think they were just, they just didn't understand. Mm. You know, they didn't understand the appeal of the sport, why she would want to play. Um, and they thought it was dangerous as well. Yeah. I mean, I think hockey has this reputation for being very rough and physical and it can be um in the professional leagues but um i think they were just really confused and didn't understand 
And so she, I mentioned England because, as, as we see in the film, she, she um, gets her, her, her BA here in, 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 uh, in Vancouver, mm-hmm. and then um, she uh, goes over to England for, for uh, postgraduate degrees. Is that right? That's correct. She went um, to do her PhD at the University of Sussex, and um, when she was in England, that's how she met my dad, mm-hmm. and she ended up staying for 25 years in the UK and then had my brother and I. Yeah. I was born in the UK, even though my English accent is virtually <laughs> gone, especially when I'm like talking to people and, and like full Canadian accent comes out. Yeah. Um, but we moved as a family in 2010 back to Vancouver. Um, so my dad's now in Canada as well. I was going to ask you when you lost your English accent, because we hear a little bit of it in, um, a, a, I guess, a video clip in the movie, right? Yeah, my friends were so shocked to hear that was me. They always look at me as like, is that you? Because I do sound like a full-on Harry Potter kid in that. Um, and within, like, I think it might have been two or three years since moving to Canada, because I was 13 when I moved. Uh-huh. I'd, I'd lost my accent. I had this kind of hybrid accent, Yeah. and people would be very confused of what it was. So I kind of just picked one, and I regret it every like, I wish I picked the English it would have been so much better. But yeah. when I go back to the UK, it definitely comes out. Or when I drank too much. <laughs> um, you uh, mentioned your dad. Um, we see him in the film. And, and there's a, another moving scene in, in, in the movie where... Um, and so I, I guess when she's in Sussex, she takes up hockey again and, and regularly. Is that right? That's correct. When she when she was in yeah first moved to England, she found it, found a team there, yeah. um, and she started playing. I think it was in Brighton, I see. Um, actually. But um, my dad has been a yeah huge supporter of her hockey career ever since they've met. Yeah, well, it's a beautiful scene. I guess she's got this box of stuff, this hockey stuff of hers, and um, she pulls out for your camera um, this puck. I guess one of her first goals there, uh, which your dad had mounted. And um, she's quite moved by it, isn't she? Yeah, so it was after my mom had stopped playing for quite a long time because she had my brother and I, and um, they now lived in a place in England where there wasn't an ice rink. Uh-huh. So when she started playing again after many years, um, yeah, my dad had, had this puck mounted. It was her first goal, and he had it mounted. And, it's yeah, it's very sentimental, and, and I, I didn't realize my mom would get so emotional about it. That was not planned really i just asked her to take it out the box and she did get emotional i think because she she just really appreciates how supportive my dad is and and um understanding of her love of hockey yeah and it says a lot about the 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 love of hockey the love of family love of your dad especially um Mm -hmm. all in that one moment and i think that's what makes the the film is full of these little moments that make the film so special you know when you see your mom with the team up in kamloops um you see her, I guess they lost the game to get into the final. Mm-hmm. Spoiler. See, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and then and then you see um, them uh, going into the bronze game and then winning that. I mean, that, that that's why ho- people love hockey in this country, don't they? I mean, right there you see just how, um, what it means to people who play hockey and, and fans alike. Um these emotions of, of you know that, that one gets from sport, um, it's right there in your film. Yeah, it's all about the the wins and losses, and um, but through through both the wins and losses, you know, you have your teammates, you have 
um, your community, and I think that's a really beautiful thing in the film is even at their low points, the, the teammates are very supportive of each other. Um, and it was really beautiful to watch. And, you know, filming the documentary, we didn't know if they were going to win or lose. Uh-huh. Um, and that was really hard to be watching because the crew and I, we were so invested um, in the games. But when they lost that bronze game, it is a spoiler for anyone who hasn't watched it, but when they lost, I was, you know, devastated for the team but also kind of secretly happy because story-wise, mm. it gives us a good kind of low point. Yeah. Uh, because if they just won, 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 then, um, yeah, the arc would, wouldn't have been as, as good and, and as um, powerful as it was. So secretly, I was a bit like, okay, this is pretty good for the story, but yeah. of course sad for them, for the team. And, and, and for people listening, she's a serious athlete. I mean, this is a, this is um, um, not just some some rec tournament. This is this is um, a serious athletes um, with ver- in various games over fifty five. Um, this tournament that you depict, right? Yes, I mean the the tournament they have. They call it games, firstly, because they do have a lot of sports like hockey, pickleball. Um, cycling, but they also have things, I think, like shuffleboard and some, like, Scrabble. Um, But for the hockey, yeah, it's a very physical game. Not only do they have to have um, stamina and conditioning, but they're quite physical on the ice, and you see that in the dock, that these women are, you know, they're they're aggressive, and they're, they're, uh, although they're not body checking, it's still a physical game. Um, So a lot of them train off ice, on ice, and they have to, um, take care of themselves, and like you said, they're athletes. Yeah. You, you played hockey too, I understand, is that right? Yes, I started playing when I was 11, and I played all throughout uh, high school, and my mom was uh, my coach for, for a number of years. Um, I don't play full-time on a team anymore, but I do sometimes um, sub for my mom's team. I see. So they'll bring me in when they're missing a player, and, and we often play as D-partners. Yeah, um, I mentioned um, the, the brief moment in the film where you're, you're filming her. This is in England as you're growing up. You're holding the video camera, um, talking to her. Um, did you always want to make movies? That's a great question because that home footage I found, I had no recollection of. It was actually kind of a happy accident. I was looking through some old footage and, and, and found myself filming her and asking her about hockey but I, I didn't grow up wanting to do film. I, partially because I just didn't think it was an option. Um, I didn't know anyone in the industry, especially growing up in England. So it wasn't until I moved to Vancouver and realized it was an industry and this was something people worked in and made a living from. But it was tricky. I mean, I didn't see a lot of people like myself in the industry. I didn't know what the path was to get there. But what I've always loved is story and writing and people. And I think that's what really drew me to film. Um, but it wasn't until I was about 18 when I was looking at um, university programs that uh-huh. I discovered film at UBC, and this was something I could study and hopefully work in. Um, but no, it wasn't something I wanted to do growing up just because I didn't know what existed. And, and that's a parallel story as, as, as we watch in the film here because it's, it's – um, your mom wants to play hockey, but because of her race and gender, it's it's not really expected of her, and there aren't people like her doing it. Um, and it's the same with you in terms of making films. That there wasn't this space for for people that that were like you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now, you both, in your own ways, have uh, 
made space. And, and you, for, for you as a filmmaker, I mean, that's important for you to, to continue to do that, right? Absolutely. Um, like you said, there's a lot of parallels and similarities with my mom and I, and I didn't really quite realize it until making this film and hearing her journey to hockey that so much of it resonated with me in terms of my passion in pursuing film. Um, I also feel so incredibly lucky that I'm entering the industry at this time when, when people um, are realizing how important equity, inclusion, and diversity is. So I've had a lot of opportunities um, to pursue what I love. There's still not enough yeah. representation, yeah. and I've been one of the few lucky people that, that have been able to um, take advantage of some of these opportunities. But for me, it's making space for myself, but also leaving the door open behind me for, for future people um, who are coming up in the industry, particularly young women, young Asian women, young queer women, and I, I want to be someone who can mentor and, and leave that door open for them as well. And we look at the names in the in the credits, a lot of the people you work with on this movie. Um, this film represents that, don't, doesn't it, that, that you, you have made room for? Yeah, I, I always try and um, look outside the usual community of filmmakers to hire my crew. A lot of the crew on Overtime were friends, really. They were people I went to school with. There was a lot of women, women of color, um, and that was important to me because this documentary is also about female empowerment, and um, I wanted the crew to reflect that. Um, so finding the best crew for the job, and that was so important because um, especially my DP, Diana Perry, mm-hmm. she was behind the camera at all times and very close to my mom physically as we're doing these interviews. So it was about who's going to be on set that makes my mom feel comfortable to share such vulnerable things about her life, and I don't think the documentary would have been the same if I had a different crew. Mm. And, and, and talking about um, making her comfortable and saying, there's a scene, and I hate to spoil this, but I was quite moved by it when I saw it, near the end of the movie, and, and um, she, she talks about um, what it was like to make this movie with you, her daughter. Um, I, I guess you didn't expect that when you were filming that day, right? I didn't. I... I was actually very ready to wrap. That was the last interview we were doing. Uh-huh. And I was really exhausted, to be honest. And I thought we, I had my list of questions. I'd gone through them all about her debriefing, my mom debriefing um, about the tournament. And I always ask my crew before we wrap an interview, like, do they have any questions? Because there's things I could have missed or things they might yeah. find interesting. So I asked the crew, like every interview I do, does anyone have any last questions? And uh, Diana Perry was actually the one that asked, my mom, what was it like filming this documentary with your daughter? And it's a great question, and, and partially I kind of avoided it because I knew it would make me emotional, uh-huh. um, and I was kind of scared to go there. But thankfully, Diana was asked it, and, and my mom answered, and, and it made me emotional. I was not expecting to cry <laughs> as much as I did on this set, um, but I'm so happy that we got that because it really is a beautiful moment. Um, and uh, one of my favorite parts of the film. And it's a beautiful moment, as, as, as um, a lot of people will will um, realize when they see the film. Um, in terms of making a movie and and um, having hockey in it, because it's a very fast sport. It's it's a physical. Um, the ice is white. Um, what is it like for you to see that on on the screen, say, and 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 make a movie out of say hockey footage? 
it's really hard, like you said. I mean, making a hockey show that's narrative and fiction is one thing because you can control lighting. You can put the camera on the ice. Uh-huh. But for us in a documentary setting, we didn't know. We hadn't been to the locations beforehand. We hadn't scouted the ice rink because they were up in Kamloops. So we were kind of looking on Google, Google Photos um, to see. But, yeah, we couldn't control any of the lighting. It's bright white, like you said. Um, we're shooting through um, often the netting yeah. that they put up so uh-huh. the puck doesn't go into the crowd. And then the, the glass as well, which always has scuffs on it. So for us going into it, it was just what can we capture? What's the best we can do with the um, environment we're given? And it was a challenge, really, but a, an exciting creative challenge because we're trying to capture these games while they're happening and we don't get a second take. Yeah. Um, so just shooting two cameras at all times with the games and just trying to figure out what will be the best angles. Yeah, and then you you add the little score thing at the top. Um, mm-hmm. So it makes it look like we're watching it on TV, you know, when you watch the NHL or um, hockey on television. Um, the, the sound is great because we get to hear uh, what's going on. Not necessarily the fans. I mean, we, we, we do hear the fans, I guess, or, or the horn when, they, when, when someone scores. But when we hear them talking, the coach, say, doing mm-hmm. co- whatever the coach does, and the players themselves, um, you really take us into the, 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 the rink level. But I guess we don't see on TV, right? Yeah, you're right. It's um, We wanted to be able to hear and see what the players were going through during the game. and That was a conversation we, that we had with our um, sound person, Juan Marcos, was how do we get the best sound during these games? So we mic'd the coach, uh-huh. and we mic'd my mom as well. So under all her gear is a mic pack. And I was a little worried about that at first because if she gets hit in a certain way, will sure. it injure her? Um, but luckily, we were managed to we managed to mic her, so we get to hear everything she says on the ice and and what she says on the bench. And then we also mic'd me myself during the game, but it ended up just being a lot of me screaming <laughs> like shoot. So we, some of it made it in the film, but most of it was just a little unusable. Um, but yeah, it was important because we want to have that intimacy and personal connection as they're playing the game and their mental state throughout the game when they win and lose. Uh, so people will get to see this film now starting December 5th on TELUS Optic and online at TELUSoriginals.com. Um, the reaction to the film, um, when it's played at festivals in the sword and, and, and other people who've seen the film, I mean, I can't imagine people not loving this film as, 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 uh, I certainly did, um. It's been quite gratifying, hasn't it, to, to, to hear the uh, the good you. notices, right? Yeah, thank you so much for saying that. I'm so happy you enjoyed the film. And it's always scary to play a film at festivals because you're hearing the audience's reactions live. Uh-huh. So it's, it's even more scary and um, nerve-wracking for this film because it is so personal and it's about my family and my mom and myself. But the audience reactions have been amazing. There's always a lot of laughs and crying, Mm -hmm. Uh, but overall just a a sense of just warmth, and I think it's resonated with a lot of people, more people than I expected, and I always leave a screening feeling very loved and very supported and just happy, Um, so I'm excited to share it with more people um, through TELUS. Yeah, and then people will will, will stumble on the film, as you know, will see it and and be interested and, and, you know, click it or whatever, and then when they see themselves or they'll see their mom or they'll see their daughter 
mm-hmm. and see what's possible. Um, that's incalculable what that means to, to you know, what, what, what that inspires in a person. And um, I, I guess you know that, don't you? Yeah, I mean, it's the power of film. That's why I love this medium so much. It's the power of representation when you see yourself on screen. And if you're someone who doesn't get to see yourself often, it's so powerful and so validating. Um, and I'm excited for people to, who don't know me or my mom to, to stumble across the film. And hopefully it does make them feel seen and make them feel validated. Another scene um, in the movie is, uh, is, you, is uh, she heads up to Kamloops and you're all loading up the car mm-hmm. to go there. Um, I see the rice cooker in the back of the... <laughs> and that's yeah. the same rice cooker that we had in our house growing up. No way. And it broke, I don't know, 20 years ago or more. And um, I've missed it because it's, it's, it's not like these, these modern ones that you can get now that have you know all sorts of buttons. It had one button, right? Yeah, it's just cook rice. That's it. <laughs> yeah, those things, I feel like they survive anything. They survive the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Like they're just this well-built machine. But that's really funny. It's actually my uh, grandma's. Oh, wow. My step-grandma's uh, rice cooker that my mom borrowed because it's massive and she had to feed the whole team. So yeah. that's funny you picked up on that. Yeah. Um, I've, I've missed it over the years because it's a... Uh... You know, as you said, it's a great machine. Um, Jenny, it's been such a pleasure talking to you today. Congratulations on this film and continued good luck with everything else in your career. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure chatting with you, too. You can uh, watch Overtime on uh, TELUS Optic TV Channel 8 or uh, worldwide at watch.telusoriginals.com. The writer and director of uh, Overtime, Jenny Lee Gilmore, joined me on the line from here in Vancouver. I'm Joseph Plunton.